Well, good evening, everyone. And welcome to our celebration of our amazing God who on that Thursday, some 2,000 years ago, did something incredible. He took ordinary bread and wine, the most common things on the planet, and he did the most incredible thing. He said, take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my blood. And he gave us this new sacrament, this new covenant by which we get to see and touch and taste that the Lord is good and we are so blessed. How wonderful that we can gather today with Christians around the world and remember our amazing Savior Jesus Christ and the gift that he has given us of himself. We are especially blessed tonight because we have so many of our newest who will be taking Holy Communion for the first time tonight. Uh, it's just a great uh, reminder for those of us who have maybe had the sacrament many, many times in our lives about what an amazing gift this is. That's something we should never take for granted uh, as we see their joy, as we see their excitement receiving that for the first time. May it also be uh, a same kind of renewal and excitement for you in receiving the gift. So it is good that we can be together tonight and celebrate uh, and worship our amazing God. So if you're able, would you please stand as we begin our time of worship with the call to worship. My friends, let us ever walk with Jesus to see the depths of his love, to behold the gift of his forgiveness, to gaze upon the heights of his grace, to marvel at the magnitude of his mercy. We travel to the upper room to watch as Christ delivers the gospel in his true body and blood. Faithful Lord, with me abide, I shall follow where you guide.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, therefore you are to be feared. We are gathered on this most holy day, when God the Son sealed his oneness with his followers through a simple meal of bread and wine. We know this as the sacrament of Holy Communion. Through this means of grace, we receive the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is present in, with, and under the elements of bread and wine. By participating in the Lord's Supper, we receive forgiveness for our sins and assurance that we are truly his own. Before we partake of this holy meal in the fellowship of this altar, it is good and right to first consider our unworthiness and confess our sins. For whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And we take a moment now for that personal examination. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Well, on account of Jesus, God's Passover lamb, you are declared righteous and your sins are forgiven. Just as the Israelites in Egypt were spared the plague of death some 3,500 years ago, by putting lamb's blood on their doorpost, so it shall be for you, having the blood of the spotless lamb of God personally applied to you during the Lord's Supper. Find comfort and assurance in this gift of grace that on the last day you will be spared from eternal death and passed over because of the saving work of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Now that we are reconciled to God, let us also be reconciled to one another through the unity of the Holy Spirit. The peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. And we invite you to take a moment just to greet those around you with God's peace. Peace, my man. <clears throat>
Let us pray. Loving Lord, in this wonderful sacrament tonight, you left us a remembrance of your passion. Grant that we may so receive the sacred mystery of your body and blood that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our first lesson tonight comes from the Old Testament book of Exodus, and we hear and, and are reminded of the story of the first Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they, <clears throat> then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over a fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it until morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to com commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As you're able, will you please stand for the singing of our Lenten verse and the Holy Gospel. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Well, as the disciples and Jesus gather in the upper room to celebrate that Passover, they gather together to do what God's people have done for 1,500 years, to again uh, partake and eat of the Passover lamb, reminding them of that original Passover. But this time Jesus does something that had never been done before. He makes the old new in the giving of his own body and blood instead of a lamb. Hear the story again. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Have you ever been in a conversation with when someone says something and you think to yourself, if you only knew? Now, you mentioned something about uh, childhood, right? And suddenly all your, your memories, your nightmares return from your childhood and you say, if you only knew. They mentioned something about their job, about their marriage, about their pain, and you think, if you only knew. You put on a polite smile, all the while thinking, if you only knew what I said, if you only knew what I did, you wouldn't even want to be talking to me right now. If you only knew. We probably don't have tattoos that mark our past, but we all have scars. What is that for you? A failed marriage? A battle with drinking? A meltdown at work? Maybe you haven't talked to your mother in years. 
Maybe you fought with your spouse so long that you have no idea how to have a civil conversation again. Still others have relationships that have just changed over time. Children have grown up. Jobs have been lost. Those who were once close to you have died. In the midst of all of our pain, we have this sinking feeling in the pit of our stomachs that it's never going to be the same again. We're all hiding some kind of pain. If you only knew, right? All through this Lenten season, we've been in a series called Places of the Passion. And tonight, we go to the upper room. And when we enter the upper room, we come into the presence of Jesus. Now, when we come into the presence of Jesus, I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is that Jesus knows. Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows everything about everyone, which means he knows everything about you. <laughs> Look at what Matthew says about Jesus. At least three times, Matthew 9, verse 4, knowing their thoughts. <laughs> Matthew 12, 25, knowing their thoughts. Matthew twenty two eighteen, 18, knowing their thoughts. Oh, get it? I mean, Jesus knows What's going on? And if that's not enough, consider what David says in the Old Testament, Psalm 139. He says, talking to God, you know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knows. God knows every impure thought. God knows every hateful word. God knows every destructive action. He knows your selfishness, your impatience, your lust, your anger, your spite. You name it. God knows. And as the psalm goes on to say, where can I go from your presence? Where can I hide from your spirit? Where can you go where God doesn't know? The answer is, you can't. God is everywhere and he knows everything about you. That's the bad news. So what's the good news? When his account of the Last Supper, Matthew wants you to know that Jesus knows everything and still prepares a place at the table for us. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Think about this. Jesus knew Judas. He knew exactly what was going to happen with Judas. You know, uh, Mike read the passage from, from Exodus about the original Passover, the celebration that God had commanded to be remembered year after year. And with that Passover, it was all about deliverance from an enemy out there. Right? The, the uh, Pharaoh, the Egyptians, and all their bricks and whips and other tricks, you know, it's like God had an enemy 
that he identified for the, for the Israelites out there. But then with, when the Last Supper came with Jesus, he reveals that the enemy is not just out there, it's right there at the table with him. It's right here in front of him. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And they were very sad and began to say to to him one after the other, surely not I, Lord. And Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand in the bowl with me will betray me. They all dipped their hand in the bowl with him, so which one is it? The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. This is interesting. Just as it is written about him. Where is that written? Well, in Zechariah chapter 11, prophet, 700 years before Jesus, the prophet had predicted, and they weighed out as my wages 30 pieces of silver, exactly what Judas received for betraying Jesus. God knew. Jesus knew. He knew all about Judas And yet, he had a place at his table for Judas. And Jesus knew about all the other 11 disciples as well. And Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. That's also in Zechariah, the prophet. Zechariah 13. Jesus knew. Jesus knew that Peter, James, and John were going to fall asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane instead of keeping watch. Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. And he knew that all the others were going to run for their lives and abandon him. And yet the disciples still had a place at his table. This is amazing. This is what is so amazing about the Last Supper. One will betray him. One will deny him. All the rest will run. But in the midst of everything that is wrong and weak and evil and ugly and selfish about the disciples, this truth remains that Jesus has sat down with them at his table his last supper. They all have a place at the table. And why is this so important that they all have a place at the table? Because of what happens here. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to the disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. And in the same way, then he took the cup, gave thanks, offered it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Back in April of 2009, there's a middle-aged, slightly overweight Scottish woman who walked out from behind a theater curtain. Her hair was going a hundred different directions. She was wearing a gold-laced dress that, frankly, was not very flattering for her. 
The people in the audience, when she walked on stage, rolled their eyes. They let out a collective groan, and some even laughed. No one expected anything from this woman. But after her song, the audience erupted in applause. And the video clip of Susan Boyle just lit up the internet. Most watched YouTube video for years. Her first recording broke all sales records. Susan Boyle was not what people expected. She was so much more. Now my point is, what may look ordinary can be very extraordinary. The Lord's Supper is like that. When Christ says, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood, and those words are spoken over regular bread and wine, something extraordinary happens, and it is more than we expect. It, it, it looks like, it feels like just a little piece of styrofoam, right? It's like the little wafer that's in your hand. It doesn't look like much. little sip of wine. But it is so much more. What is ordinary can be completely extraordinary. And here's what else is so extraordinary. At this table, as Jesus delivers his body and blood, he offers forgiveness for you. For all of your sins. For all your sins of all time. Forgiveness. You have a place at the table of the Lord. Jesus continues with these words. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So we celebrate Holy Communion until Jesus comes back in all his glory when he will restore all things the way they were intended to be, and we will join in the marriage feast of the Lamb that has no end. Until then, we have a place at the table of communion. Holy communion. Because not yet has he made everything fully new. Memories still haunt us, people still hurt us, Marriages still fail, parents disappoint us, sin clings to us, Satan harasses us. <laughs> if you only knew, right? Oh, each of us could say that. If only you knew how much this world is broken for me. You know, every time you go to a restaurant, you go to, you know, sit down restaurant where you're going to, have a place, a table, the hostess asks you, how many are in your party? Can you imagine going to a restaurant and not knowing how many are going to be with you in your party? The hostess says, how many are in your party? You say, I'm not sure. Well, how many are going to be eating with you? I don't know. When it comes to the Lord's Supper, you know how many are in your party? Two. Two. 
Yes, there, I mean, it's communion, right? It's, it's communities. There are a lot of people who are taking communion. And in fact, we say that we're together with all those who believe in Jesus, past, present, and future. But at the same time, Martin Luther once said that the sacrament is directed at definite individuals. It's as if we were taking communion with Jesus himself, and it's just you and Jesus. Jesus invites definite individuals. You. I, I wish I could actually look at each and every single one of you in the eye and just say, he's invited you. But that's exactly what Jesus is doing in this meal. This given and shed for you, a definite individual. And Jesus extend that invitation with wounded hands, wounded on a cross where he paid the price for you. He died for your sins, your suffering, and all your deep pain. But those scars are also on our risen Lord, because not only has he died, he has risen for us to conquer, triumph, over all that is wrong with this world. Jesus knows, but he knows us in love. You can be sure because he says, this is the covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. There's a place at our Lord's table for you. Come, receive from the Lord Amen. Amen. We invite you to stand now to join together as we speak the creed together. This is the summary of our faith as it is summarized in the words of the Nicene Creed together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
And now we bow our heads to speak to our amazing God in prayer. Oh, gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, how amazing that even though you know us, you still love us. And even though you know us and love us, you didn't just say the words, but you proved it when you sent your son Jesus to take flesh, to become one of us, so that he could carry our sins, our faults, our mistakes to the cross and die for them so that they might be buried and done away with forever. And now because of his great love, because of his invitation for all of us to come, we know that we are graced, loved, and forgiven for a life of service in your kingdom. And so, Lord, we thank you for this gift that we celebrate today that assures us of that love, the very body and blood of Christ in, with, and under the bread and wine. But we know that in this great sacrament, you forgive all of our sins and you bring us to a newness of life. And we are so grateful for these new ones who will receive Holy Communion for the first time today. We pray that you would daily increase in them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and a spirit of joy in your presence, and that your gifts of grace would grow in them today and sustain them all the days of their life. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you that today you have given us your body and blood, and although we cannot understand this mystery, we give you thanks and praise for this saving, nourishing gift. Each time we partake in this holy supper, we remember your death until you come again. So, Lord, we pray that you would be with us in this crazy world. There are so many competing voices in the, uh, in the world around us, and each of them calls for our attention and calls us to listen and believe the lies. So tonight, turn our ears and our heart to hear your voice in your holy word, to see and touch and taste your love in the bread and wine, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may stand strong and firm in our faith in this world. Lord, we also pray that through our service, using the gifts you have given us, that you would bring strength and comfort to those who are suffering in illness or loss or fear. We pray that you would strengthen all in faith during these times of weakness and doubt, that you would lead us to share your love with them so that they too will grow in grace. And finally, Lord, we pray this holy week that you would bring us and so many others to your church where we might be filled with your grace and goodness. We might celebrate and be awed in the death of your son Jesus on Good Friday, but then rejoice and celebrate the good news that he is risen. He is risen indeed on Easter. Let this Easter be a time of renewal and recovery for our country, for our families, for our world. So these prayers and all others that are in our hearts and minds this day, we bring to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. At this time, please be seated as we receive our offerings. These are the gifts that we use to share the good news of Jesus in our world. So thank you for joining us in that mission, and thank you for your giving.
again, if you're able, would you stand as we thank God for these offerings we have brought to his altar tonight. Heavenly Father, your love for us is boundless, sparing not even your only Son as a sacrifice for our sin. Transformed by your love and motivated by the Holy Spirit, help us to live generous and purposeful lives for the sake of your kingdom. Amen. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Blessed are you, almighty God, lover of our souls. You loved us so extravagantly that you sent your only son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us from our fallen nature and save us from eternal judgment. We are assured that Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. Gathered in the name of Jesus, we joyfully come to your table and pray as you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on that Thursday night in the upper room, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Now please be seated. As Pastor Dan mentioned at the beginning of worship, uh, we have a group of, of students here at Faith Lutheran Church that went through early communion classes, or we have some of our confirmation students that have finished their uh, unit on the means of grace, and they will be participating in Holy Communion tonight for the first time. So what I'd, I'd like those students and their parents to please stand. Maddie, that's you too, right? Dear young sisters and brothers in Christ, in holy baptism our Lord Jesus Christ received you and made you members of his church. As you have been growing in years, the Holy Scriptures have been placed into your hands and you have been instructed in the Christian faith. From the Bible you have learned God's loving purpose for you and all creation and especially God's promise to nourish and strengthen your relationship to him and one another by means of his word and the sacrament of holy communion. As you now come to the Lord's table to receive his Holy, Holy Supper for the first time, I ask you, do you intend to continue on the journey of faith 
which you began in the waters of your baptism by regularly eating and drinking the food which God offers for your spiritual nourishment and growth, his word and holy supper? Let's try that one more time. <laughs> one more time. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. Do you, the parents of these children, pledge your encouragement and faithful support to enable them to keep this promise? We do, and we ask God to help us. Let us pray, asking for God's blessings. Gracious Lord, through water and the Spirit, you make us your own. You forgive all our sins and bring us the newness of life. Continue to strengthen these, your children, with your Holy Spirit and daily increase in them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, and your gifts of grace as they now join in your holy communion through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcome. We are glad to join you at the Lord's table as God's beloved children. Thanks be to God for his gifts of grace. You may be seated.
And now, my friends, may this body and blood of your Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Amen. And we pray. Eternal Savior, you have willingly offered your body and blood, the bread and wine, for the remission of sins. You have shown us an amazing love and given us a foretaste of eternal life spent with you. May we always appreciate this blessed sacrament that you have directed us to use as a memorial of your death and redemptive love. May we always be faithful to your word and sacraments, that your name be glorified, your will be done, and we at last live with you in your eternal kingdom forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And now we will strip our altar just as Jesus was stripped on that Good Friday, bared on the cross so that he might bear our sins.
As you're able, will you please stand for a closing gospel? From Matthew 26. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me.